0: Welcome to the biodiversity podcast an oasis of thought giving space and time to the matters of life around us and how we can support it together we will dive into different topics of biodiversity and hopefully fill your tool belt with the knowledge to make a small difference yourself welcome back to another installment of the biodiversity podcast This time, I will take you along on an exciting journey focusing on trees in cities. I call them city trees, but they are in reality regular trees with specifications that make them good candidates for cities. The prime specification being their slow growth. You see, in cities, we do not always have the space for large or speedy growing trees. Therefore, smaller trees are essential. A few very good examples of diverse and well-sized city trees come from the Acer, Malus, and Telia families. You might be thinking, why have trees in cities? Do they bring value, and what kind of value might this be? Let's dive into it. Trees lower temperatures. Heat waves in big cities are no fun, and it gets especially hot the more hardscape materials we have versus greenery. Trees provide shade and trans-evaporate water, so it will always feel cooler standing beneath a tree on a hot summer day. Since trees grow big and have a considerable amount of foliage, they become automatically the biggest producers of cooling evaporated water. The second reason is that trees sow down the water seepage after downpours, so the city sewers can transport the water more easily. A big root system and need for water makes trees the perfect candidates for water consumption, thereby making them one of the best natural draining systems in the world. A grown tree can absorb a minimum of 40 liters of water per day and actually up to 500 liters depending on the type of tree, time of absorption, and water accessibility. The next genius quality of trees is that they consume a lot of carbon dioxide, and thereby help lower the amount of emission gases caused by traffic, what's not to like? The latter reasons are very practical, cooling down, water absorption, and emission gas purifiers, but what about the role of supporting biodiversity as micro-ecosystems? The more trees we have in cities, the more insects, microorganisms, and fungi we will attract – and all in the best way possible. They will help aid us with pollination, pest issues, and enrich our soil so we can easily grow more food and ornamental plants. Trees play a massive part as a habitat and food source for the majority of the biodiverse ecosystem members. The last thing I would like to note is that trees add a massive aesthetic value to cities. Without their calm, beautiful stature, we would be left with buildings, houses, and other man-made creations as the only source of tall structure. Cities without trees will become more static, uninspired, and dull with time. Trees can therefore help bring more vibrancy and life to our cityscapes. Now, I can't really mention the last point without linking it to the great value greenery brings to human mental health. Worldwide, we see growing struggle with mental health, and this is where we as botanists, landscapers, and biodiversionalists believe that trees and all other plants alike can aid in eliminating some of the mental load. Well, I have talked a lot about the benefits of trees in cities, but I have another gem for you today, and that is a look into the life cycle and growth conditions of city trees. Let's start from the beginning. On the practical side, how do you plant and nurture trees with little space for a growing root system? When you are about to start a project of planting trees in cities, you will most likely consider the type of trees that are best for your need and wherever you are in the world, I would recommend looking into your indigenous species and work off of these. Within your indigenous botanical families, you will find variants that fulfill the requirements of city trees. One very important and big requirement and condition is of course the size of the tree, the growth speed and overall hardiness. The latter is always important, but maybe more so with trees that have a rough living condition and do not get the proper care compared to trees planted in gardens. What is hardy will depend on your location. Whether you are based in south of Portugal or the northern region of Finland, you should therefore consider your environment's framework. When you decide upon a species of trees, the next step is to plant them The potting holes for city trees are often tiny and have compacted soil all around them. This is why we as landscapers have to be much more conscious about living conditions. When preparing the soil for a tree, use nutritious compost or organic soil mix to aid the soil in producing a balanced live soil full of mycelia, rainworms, and other beneficial microlife. Afterwards, it is essential to water the trees regularly. When planting trees in public areas, it could be helpful to invest in water bags that you can fill up and leave to water slowly until empty. Make sure you help the root system by loosening and diluting the stiff soil before planting. Apart from good soil and lots of water, the trees will need a supporting beam or two to keep them stable until the root system grows bigger. As a landscaper, you might also need to fertilize, best done twice a year, early spring and early summer. As a biodiverse bonus, you don't have to spend time removing leaves and other plant materials, but let them naturally decompose. Yes, it does look a little messier than what we are used to, but it is all for a very good cause. We also need to make sure that we properly communicate the reason for the mess, thus securing the majority of citizen support. Please make signs or other communication methods to explain the messy look to city dwellers. Well, we are rethinking this idea. A whole host of micro and macro life can live on and off of the dead tree. Fungi will happily munch away at the complex fibers of the tree trunk and tiny insects will make the decaying bark their new homes. An old tree can feed and form habitats for hundreds of insect and fungi species and therefore help maintain the balance of nature on our planet. Sometimes it can sound a little like we're going to great lengths to preserve the butterflies and bees, and it can sound romantic and poetic However, I would like to make sure that we all understand biodiversity is not about saving the butterflies, but ultimately saving the human species. No one creature on this planet can survive on their own. All are part of the great cycle of life and are dependent on each other. Therefore, the right conditions for butterflies and bees are also the right conditions for our survival. Thank you all for tuning in today. We hope you learn more about how trees add great value to our well-being. Today you have learned the five reasons why trees in cities are beneficial and also how to choose and maintain them in our urban jungles. This is your host, Zoe, finishing yet another episode. Until next time, stay curious and stay well. You've been listening to another edition of the Biodiversity Podcast. This program is supported by Green Academy Aarhus. Join us next time and remember you are already a part of the change we all need.